0: Welcome to SME Radio. On this episode of Mid-Market Matters, I'm joined by Darren Moffat. Darren's the Director of Web Buzz, and we're going to find out a topic we get asked about all the time in mid-sized businesses. How do we grow? How do we get new customers? How do I better market to grow my business? Darren, firstly, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks, Craig. Yeah, no, it's really good to be here.
0: Key topic for mid-market businesses... Um, why do you think this is such an important topic? We get asked about this all the time.
1: Well, I mean, look, branding and marketing is such a broad kind of amorphous term. It can sometimes seem a bit mean, meaningless. But the way I like to describe it to um, particularly to mid-sized businesses is that uh, it's the canary in the coal mine. You know, if your branding and your marketing uh, is not working, then um, pretty soon the, the sales are going to start to decline. And your revenues are going to drop off. So you've always got to have that branding and marketing on point. You've got to consistently uh, be refreshing it and updating it uh, and making sure that it's your product and your offer is meeting the market. So because the market's very dynamic, no matter what vertical you're in, uh, marketing and branding is necessarily dynamic as well.
0: Absolutely. So, Mate, you've got a very interesting background and history, and you've done lots of different things. Maybe give us a short summary of uh, firstly being the youngest bank manager ever, which is, as you said quite correctly, a little bit nerdy, but uh, a a long way from marketing, you would think. Uh, But maybe give us a bit of background. Tell us how you got to where you are today.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, that is a funny little quirk. I was, I I think, the youngest bank manager ever. Uh, That was a long time ago now. That was back in the mid-90s. Um, and, uh, that was for Westpac. Um, and I spent, you know, seven or eight years there through various roles. And then, um, I came out, uh, in about 2005, 2006 and launched my own business, which is uh, my first business, which was a seniors first. It's still going today. And it's a, it's a mortgage broker for seniors for people over 65 um, and does reverse mortgages. And so, you know, that was a roaring success pretty quickly. I had, you know, within a couple of years, I had 10 or 12 staff and, you know, doing really well. And then the GFC uh, hit. Mm. And um, at that point, I was spending about 10 grand a month on radio advertising. Wow. Um, yep. And it's just the whole model just changed overnight. We went from being uh, able to offer about 22 lenders. Uh, all of a sudden, we were down to three or four. You know, all the lenders just stopped lending. And um, so I thought, well, look, if I keep, doing radio, I'm going to go out of business. Uh, So I stopped that and I just out of necessity really got into online marketing. I just started blogging and thought, look, I have to do more with less. Um, And uh, pretty soon I had, you know, the online channel uh, up and running and getting some decent inquiry there for, you know, next to nothing. Uh, And it just kind of grew from there. And then um, I did a tech startup in 2012 and around that time some other sort of industry uh, colleagues, uh, people that I knew around the traps saw what I was doing and said, oh, look, can you do some of that for us? Can you help us grow our business online? And and the long story short is it just kind of led to a whole other business and that's what we've got today, which is WebBuzz, the growth marketing agency. Um, so, it yeah, it's a, it's a sort of interesting little journey. came out of necessity, um, out of pretty hard times, um, but learnt a lot and basically have um, been able to um, spin that into helping other businesses uh, around the country.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So let's find out a little bit more about what you actually do and how you help those businesses. I I love the title around growth marketing. Um, So let's sort of look through some of the five sort of key things that you've highlighted that are a key Mm -hmm. part of what you do. But give us a bit of an overview first. A new client comes into you. I'm a mid-market business. I turn over 10000000 bucks. million, let's say. I walk into your office. Where do we start?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and where we always start is who's the target customer mm-hmm. or plural, target customers, there's usually no, more than one mm-hmm. and what's the objective for the business? So, we call ourselves a growth marketing agency, not just a digital marketing agency and that's very deliberate because we're focused on being accountable and growing the business um, and um you know look there's, there's a place in the market for all different types of agencies but uh, we find that our clients really respond to that they like the fact that we're so focused on their growth so yeah the first thing we do is work out who are we going after here who are the target customers um and then it's the strategy part it's like well what what problem do these target customers have and how does your business or product or offer solve that problem and And often we find there's a disconnect straight away. Often uh, either the business is new, they haven't done that piece yet, they don't know exactly how they're going to do the messaging um, to to reach that customer, or something's broken within the business, within the marketing. They're no longer connecting with the psychology of the target customer. And that's probably the most important thing, um, because ultimately it doesn't really matter what you sell, it's all about understanding the psychology of the customer and being and then being able to reverse engineer a solution or the perception of the solution that resonates with that customer in such a way that they are motivated to take action and you know make contact make an inquiry pick up the phone whatever it is
0: yeah it's so important isn't it i mean i often sit here my son uh, who's you know 25 now works for apple who don't have a marketing problem clearly Um, But, you know, he often sits there. We watch something, you know, and there might be, I think the other day there was a TV ad uh, for an insurer. I can't even remember which one. It was so bad. But the ad was so bad, and I just thought there is no way anyone is going to buy an insurance product based on that advertisement because it just doesn't speak to the customer. It doesn't speak about the features or benefits of the product. It was just a stupid ad, really. But I think we forget sometimes, you know, we're advertising often, to make ourselves look good and the business look good, but we're forgetting that it's actually that's actually irrelevant. What we need to do is talk to our customers, answer their questions, solve their problems, give them the solution they're looking for or whatever it is. So it's a really good place to start. Um, once, once you've done that, you've got a bit of a, you know, an, an idea around what the business is looking for in terms of who are the customers and what sort of solutions have we got for them or what products have we got to sell to them. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from there? What's the next step? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, so then we, you know, we really want to know what the objective, uh, the key objectives uh, for the business are. So we want to be able to best target our efforts to producing the outcomes that the business needs as quickly as possible. So uh, it's not just about, you know, spraying and, and praying, you know, pushing a whole bunch of stuff out there and hoping that some of it sticks or works. That's the very antithesis of our approach. So we are very, very data-driven and we really want to... Um, see well okay what's the next step for the business where do you want to be in three months six months 12 months uh what's most important now do you do you know do you just need to get users or or customers or or is it about uh, profitability so all of these things come in the mix once we understand that then we craft we start crafting the strategy and uh that will obviously look at messaging it will look at media buying like where we're going to buy up uh, advertising inventory uh which platforms uh, are we going to go to it'll usually involve uh some buyer persona work so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know mapping out the you know the profile of of, of these target customers
0: and by Um, by a persona you mean you know who are the people we're trying to sell to is it a you know 50 year old australian male who's into motorsports and therefore where does he hang out what does he read what tv does he watch is that what you're talking about that's exactly right and we we they're little composite characters and we we even give them names,
1: you know, like, you know, Cheryl from, from Greystains or, you know. Um, as long as it's
0: not Karen from Bunnings.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that could come in handy. It that could be, be one, copy, that's right. Could
0: be some copyright issues on that
1: these days. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of thing we do. And and then, of course, you know, it's important that the client uh, agrees that those buy are correct. So there's obviously mm-hmm. feedback from the client that they resonate, that they... You know, oh yeah, that's exactly the type of client that we talk to all the time. And so once we've got all that down, then the next stage is digital research. So that's where we're looking into uh, some really powerful tools that show us how people search online, what terms they use for the target uh, product or or offer, um, search trends. You know, what's what's rising, what's falling, uh, what's happening in social media. So um, obviously, Google's one side of it, but then the other big platform is Facebook and Instagram and so on. I mean, if you're in B2B, LinkedIn comes into that in B2B, but sure. uh it's really in terms of pure quantum of numbers, quantum of eyeballs, uh it's 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 really a two horse race to a large extent. It's Google and Facebook. But then there are others that will come into play depending on the, you know, on the on the cohort or the subset of that, you know, sort of buyer persona. So a young, a younger, more uh hip, more fashion conscious you know, buyer persona, you know, you definitely work on Instagram for that Yep. Um, and so on. And so once we've then got some data insights to work from, then we start putting campaigns together. So establishing a creative direction, um, visual and uh, copywriting um, aspects uh, and start running out test campaigns. And typically our approach is that if, if we do have, the luxury of at least a, you know, a test period of, you know, sort of a couple of weeks, that's very handy. We like to do that because we can test some hypotheses and it saves the client burning cash unnecessarily. So if we can run test campaigns out at a lower sort of ad spend rate for, you know, a couple of weeks, uh, we find that's often very beneficial because then when we do want to really ramp it up, we're not um you know if there if there's some sort of flaw in the data or some of our assumptions are not quite bang on well, which happens sometimes um then you know you haven't blown a whole lot of cash. you can so, fix the problem
0: before you've spent a stack of money
1: exactly that's the best best practice uh but look sometimes clients come to us and say, i need. X amount of sales, thousands of sales in, you know, 90 days. And well, you know, okay. Uh, (laughs) Looks like we'll be moving pretty quick and we won't have a test period, but that's okay. You know, we, we, we usually hit the mark pretty quick.
0: Okay. So once we've got started, obviously there's a couple of key things that, you know, that I know you guys focus on after that. And you've mentioned things like remarketing and reputation Mm -hmm. management. So let's go through some of those and just talk specifically about what that actually means and what we need to focus on there.
1: Yeah. So look, Remarketing is uh, pound for pound. It's probably the best advertising dollar that any business can spend. Uh, and, and I might just back up and explain what that is and how it works. Some sure, that'd be might, great. Yep, Yeah, might not know exactly what it is. Uh, for those listeners who are sort of going, what's remarketing? Uh, it's those ads that stalk you around the internet. Um, so the way I often like it to describe it is to people is, look, if you have a hobby, let's say you're online and you're shopping for a new pair of shoes or you're into fishing and you're looking at a fishing rod or whatever um, on a shopping site and then you bounce off, you don't buy anything, uh, you go away, do some, some errands or whatever, you come back onto your Facebook half an hour later, there's there's an ad in your Facebook feed for the same product you were just looking at. Yeah, absolutely. It
0: um, yep, happens a lot.
1: That's, that's right. That's remarketing. Now, that is super, super effective and very cheap um, because those ads only run to – that small audience who's been on that particular web page or on, on part of your website. And um, and what that does is that it makes the business look way bigger than what it is. So mm. we've run remarketing campaigns for people where their ads have appeared on Harvard Business Review, you know, Sydney Morning Herald, New York Times, whatever massive masthead it might be, and their clients have literally said, wow, you must be doing well, you're on the Harvard Business Review. You know, but yeah, what yeah. the clients don't understand is that it only costs probably sixty cents to be on that site You know, um, uh, with remarketing, so it's very cheap, but it has the effect when done well across multiple advertising platforms. Like, you know, you can extend it out so that you know your remarketing appears all over the uh, Google Display Network, which is you know yep. hundreds of thousands of websites, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, you name it. And that has the effect, Craig, of uh, creating a brand wall. So the user who's just been to your website maybe once or twice starts to see you everywhere. Yeah, And that then means that they, you know, they can get to, there's that old saying that, you know, someone's got to see your brand or your offer seven times before they start, they're ready to buy. Well, it accelerates that process. And the other reason why remarketing is so expensive sorry, not expensive, so important, is that it maximizes the return on investment for your marketing spend across all other channels. So if a Mm. business is investing in SEO or they're investing in uh, radio, it doesn't really matter what channel it is. um, Remarketing maximizes the impact of that investment because uh, rather than someone just going to the site once, uh, they will see your or your brand, you know, dozens, hundreds of times, and you'll get them back again and again and again, which means your chances of converting that, uh, that user into a customer becomes much higher. So maximizing your return on investment is the key benefit of remarketing.
0: Yeah, okay. You mentioned SEO just then, and I mean, I've always thought this is a bit of a black box mystery, dark arts sort of subject, but mm. obviously it's important because everybody talks about it. Tell us a little bit about how you approach it and what you think the important things there are.
1: Yeah, so look, SEO is a fantastic um, medium and long-term opportunity for most businesses. Now, there are some businesses that we, sometimes we get approached to SEO and we actually say, look, that's not the right channel for for your business or where you're at at the moment. Um, And a good example of that might be um, a new business that is, has an offer that doesn't, there's not a lot of search volume for what they offer. Right.
0: So there's no point yep. in doing SEO yep.
1: for a new business. That's, if no one's looking, looking for it. To. That's right. So if they're selling a brand new, um, I, I play guitar and there's a, there's a new um, app out there to, to smart app, right? Um, yep. And it's using app technology and all kinds of things. Now that's, that's first in the category. So unless you're aware of that already, you're not going to be searching for it. Um, so that's a good example. Like a business like that, right at the start, SEOs probably not the best channel. Uh, you, social media is a better – paid social is a better channel for that uh, at the start. But what SEO does is over the medium and long term, you get on page one for key terms that are highly relevant to your business. So, you know, if you're a, um, a mid-sized legal firm, for instance, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you're doing a lot of work in um, – family law or maybe, um, you know, uh, accident, uh, road, road accident, compensation and so on, those terms are super valuable. And if you're on page one for those key terms, you're essentially, you're cleaning up, you're getting free inquiry, uh, you're not having to pay advertising for that and people are just coming to your site because they're, they're doing an organic Google search. So it's incredibly valuable, but our approach, to go back to your original question, is that again, it has to be uh, measurable. So we need, we need to have a strategy that is interfacing correctly with the objectives of the business. And the other thing is that uh, SEO is not just a set and forget play. There are other things that need to happen to make it work effectively. And the most important um, component of that these days with the recent changes to the Google algorithm is website user experience otherwise known yep. as UX, yeah. So if your website's rubbish, if it's old, if it's if it's slow, um, that's really going to hinder your SEO. So probably the message I can give to your listeners out there is that any of the businesses listening are making an investment in SEO and maybe they're seeing their results uh, drop off. The very first thing you need to be looking at is your page load speed and you're looking at your... You know, user experience signals in your Google Analytics. Um, the most important one is time on site. Uh, how long does a typical user stay on the site? The longer they stay on the site, uh, uh, Google clocks that, and they they that's a powerful signal. Right. The other thing is how, how many average pages are they going through when they're on the site? So if someone, for instance, there's a term called um, pogo sticking. So if someone comes to the site once from a search result and they, they hit your website, and, and then they immediately go back to the search results. That's a very bad, strong negative, negative signal to Google because it's telling Google that your site is is a low quality uh, source for that search term.
0: It didn't so provide what all, they needed. Yep.
1: That's right. That's yep. right. And, and the most important thing, what Google wants um, above all else, is to provide a useful e- experience to the user. Um, so it really has to come down to really powerful, original, useful content. Great user experience when they're on the site. You want to get them on the site, keep them there. And then you want them going through multiple pages, digging deeper. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, you know, and ideally uh, staying on the site for a long time. So these signals are much, much more important in the algorithm than they were five years ago.
0: Okay, it's interesting to think of all the different uh, you know, different areas and different aspects, things like website speed and so on that people don't normally associate with SEO are obviously very important. Um, I want to talk briefly now about reputation management, which is something that you've said is pretty important part of what you do with business business clients. Tell me about that. How do you approach that?
1: Yeah, so um, you know sometimes businesses get negative reviews. Um, that's one thing uh, that comes up quite a lot. Now if you've got a few negative reviews amongst you know dozens or hundreds of positive reviews that's fine that's not a problem but I'll give you an example recently we had a call from a um, a doctor uh, and um she only had a handful of reviews on her Google my business listing on the on the page on Google mm-hmm. and um they were they were both pretty negative so she had a 2 out of 5 rating and um you know that that was damaging her business, and she couldn't figure out how to fix it because she wasn't sure where the login was. So, um, so so yes, yeah, so, so we you know we might end up helping her on that. I mean, there are various strategies you can use to fix that. But the point is that it's, if you've got a very negative um, online reputation, it's really damaging to your brand, and you need to fix it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So managing reviews is is a big one the other thing is that sometimes brands or businesses get caught up in some kind of scandal um that can be directly related to the business or it can be indirect so there's something else has happened that has kind of just touched on the business but before you know it they're mentioned in a a very prominent article which whenever you search their brand comes up in the google knowledge pack so the google knowledge pack yeah yeah. you know what i mean it's that it's that bit at the top that right at the top that kind of drops a paragraph or two of information on on whatever the topic is. And um, we had another um, sort of potential client come to us last week with uh, that particular problem, and so we put forward some some strategies there. So um, there's a range of things that you can do, but often it's not a quick fix. Often it requires uh, a lot of content. You need to be producing um, a lot of online content to offset that or uh, it requires a change in your business process. So, for instance, if you've got a few negative reviews on Google My Business, um, or Facebook for that matter, but Google My Business tends to be more influential in this uh, realm, then um, have it baked into your process so that every customer uh, is asked to review, every every happy customer is asked to review you as soon as the sale goes through. Um and so a lot of businesses don't do that. It's a very basic thing. But the more you get people, uh, you know, going through your funnel, you know, et- buying whatever you sell, uh, the more you get those people leaving a review, uh, the better it is for your business. And in fact, the research has shown that 100 reviews is the magic number. If you can get to right. 100 reviews on Google My Business, um, it actually has been shown to have a positive impact on your SEO, like Um, So that does correlate with your SEO also.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So you've talked about a number of different things. I guess um, in terms of a summary or a wrap-up, what do you you think the the number one big tip for SME business owners to be successful in this area?
1: Well, look, I think the number one um, tip I could say would just work with the right people. Now, for some businesses, that will mean hiring good staff. And, and doing it internally. Um, but often you'll find that whilst a lot of the day-to-day stuff can be done internally, the strategy stuff is where the, the medium-sized business will fall down. Um, so engaging an agency or, you know, someone that's really strong in the strategy side can really help lift the business um, because if you're a medium-sized business, you've got, you know, some more financial, financial resources than, say, a really small business. Mm, yeah. You can always hire someone to press the buttons and you know, publish the content. Uh, you don't need an agency necessarily to do that for you. But how that's all done, uh, you know, the messaging architecture, the offer, the online funnels, the SEO, all the rest of it, that's where um, if, if you're just going with internal staff, sometimes there's a bit of a hole in the capability.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And I think that tip comes out a lot when we talk to people who are uh, advise businesses. Just saying, like, don't try and do it yourself. This is not a DIY solution. If you want to get the right result, get an yeah. expert and pay them what they need to be paid to make it happen for you.
1: That's right. And I mean, we've we've got a very long term client um, that yeah you know, we've been working with now for nearly three years, four years, and um, and you know we we you know. Sometimes sit in on on board meetings. You know, we we So you're very we're the, involved. We're the trusted advisor, you know, yep. and we're, yep. we're we're talking straight to the board and saying, look, well, you know, this is we think this is working well, this is not, and so on. And and, um, and so, you know, that's obviously valuable. If if, you, if you're getting asked to, to, to regularly interface with the board, uh, well, you know, that's uh, that's a clear measure of the impact that um, an agency or a, or a sort of a pretty. Uh, high-end strategists can have on the business
0: fantastic darren how do people get in touch with you at webbuzz
1: yeah um well uh, probably the best place to start is the the website so webbuzz.com.au uh, is the url and so they can um you know check that out and uh, drop us a line there um we also have launched a, a podcast too, Craig, which I think you might be aware of. And, yep, um, fantastic. Uh, so we've got a, a podcast called uh, Nerds of Business, and um, that's where we're sort of covering a lot of these issues in a lot of detail, um, and, and it's a bit of fun as well. Uh, so people can check that out on um, on Apple or Spotify. But, yeah, the, the website um, is probably the, the, the first port of call, I would say.
0: Fantastic, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Really useful stuff. Thanks for listening to Mid-Market Matters. I hope you found this episode helpful and informative for your business. To find out more, go to midmarketmatters.com.au. And to download other episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.